Up now is News Talks, our commentary and analysis discussion, bringing you the latest news affecting young people in Australia. Today we're talking about the Victorian state budget, which was announced earlier today. Joining us to talk about its effects on young people is Youth Affairs Council CEO Catherine Ellis. Thanks for joining us today, Catherine. It's a pleasure. Great to be here. So firstly, what is in the budget for young people? Well, I think this is a a once in a lifetime budget, potentially. There's a huge amount in here that will progress our society and and make uh, Victoria a better place to live for young people and for everybody, really. And there are some big investments um, in things like social housing, which is unheard of. And that's great, uh, $5 billion, you know, it'll create jobs for young people while the housing's being built. And then of course, create uh, more affordable places for for people to live, including young people. Um, There's about $2 billion being put into education and education supports. So actually um, extra tutoring for young people and, Um, supports for disabled young people across every school and that's really going to help a lot of people who are young like a lot of young people who've been really affected by COVID and need to um, support to catch up their education going forward and there's there's another 800 million put into mental health which is fantastic and and I think that also acknowledges how hard COVID-19 and this year have been for young people and the need to really support support them and and put extra um, services in place. And $16 million of that actually is for a a peer workforce. So recognising that young people are actually experts themselves in their own experience of mental health issues and and helping reform the system. So roads feature heavily in the budget. There's going to be the removal of 29 level crossings and, of course, the construction of the Metro Tunnel. Do you feel like the state government has put their money in the right places? Well, infrastructure, I think, is always really important and and countries and states which don't invest in infrastructure on a regular basis are the ones that tend to start to deteriorate. Um, And I know, you know, for a lot of young people who who really struggle with public transport, the the new um, train loop is going to be, and it's a long way away, but getting started on that, I think it's really important for young people because getting around and being able to get to universities or across the other side of the city to take up jobs and that kind of thing is is always really important. And of course, while all those things are being built, it creates jobs and uh, and you know construction jobs, but all kinds of other jobs that are involved in that kind of project as well. Mm. And you've mentioned that the government will be investing in schools um, through additional tutors to get students back up to speed after this year. But another thing we noticed in the budget was they're investing $1.9 billion in infrastructure for schools. Do you think the government should be investing in infrastructure or should they be investing in technology to facilitate virtual classrooms as we move forward? Um, that's a really interesting question. Uh, to me, I think they should be investing in both because, you know, this year has shown two things. One is that young people don't want to just do online learning. They want to be in schools. They want to be in environments that allow that interaction, that social connection um, and the sort of ease of, of access to teachers and, and peers for their learning. And, you know, it really is obviously we live in in a world now where technology is so integral to everything that we do that 
being having an education system that embraces that is really really important as well. So I think that that they should be investing in both. And I actually did notice in the budget that um, they're putting in about $600 million to upgrade mobile and broadband um, across rural and regional areas. So that's a really good um, investment, I think. Mm. And just also touching on um, education, um, the the budget also is going to invest in making school accessible by providing tutoring to children who may have disability or accessibility issues. Do you think that additional funding will be of benefit to these students or do we need to look more wholly at the whole schooling sector and perhaps have an overhaul to make school more accessible? Yeah, I, I think it, that money is really going to be very useful to the school. Like every school is getting some money, so that will be useful. And, and I think they can each use it the way that they see fit to what's needed in their school. So um, it's, it's not just about having an extra worker in the school. It's really about shifting a whole lot of things and you know, it would be great to see a big focus on, um, you know, a really comprehensive plan to make to make schools much more inclusive and accessible. Now, this budget is looking to invest heavily in the TAFE system to upgrade facilities and add more programs to the free TAFE list. Is this investment maybe more important than ever, given the numerous cuts and free fee hikes in the university system? <laughs> Yes, I think you you are right there. I mean, free TAFE has been a fantastic thing for a lot of people and people, you know, have been able to study who never thought they'd be able to because they can afford to do it um, and it, it opens up doors definitely. You know, the, the changes in the university system this year have been really disappointing with fees increasing significantly, even for courses that are, you know, much needed like youth work, for example. Um, but I think what's really important to understand with TAFE is it's not something that you do because you can't get into university. Courses at TAFE actually lead in completely different directions and different careers and, and vocations. And, you know, for, for some people, um, that's what they should be doing. You know, they shouldn't be going to university. They should be doing a TAFE course that's going to lead them to the career that they can be really passionate about and, and really good at. And 400,000 jobs are estimated to be created by this budget. Do you think this is optimistic? How will this impact young people? Yeah, one of the things I was a bit disappointed with this budget was that it didn't specifically really talk about, um, you know, focusing on a proportion of those jobs being specifically for young Mm -hmm. people. Um, So, you know, I really hope that there are 400,000 jobs created and, if we can keep coronavirus under control, um, you know, the, the economy is going to be on an upward tra- trajectory from this point, I think. But it's really going to come down to how those programs are implemented, how the, you know, the, the incentives for business, how much they get taken up um, and how intent, I think, employers are on creating opportunities for young people and and providing avenues for them to kind of step into jobs in their in their companies or their, you know, if it's local council or whatever. You know, history shows that, that you know, this is actually a critical, critically important thing to make sure that young people do manage to step out of this mess 
successfully. And you know, one of the things we have been calling on the government for is to have a, a youth employment plan that looks really comprehensively at what is needed to, to create jobs for young people in the state. Um, so we'll continue to push for that. Carer and sick leave pay will be available for casual workers. With lots of young people in casual work, do you think this will reverse some of the damage affecting casualised work? I think that's a really interesting initiative and it's a pilot, so they're sort of testing it out to see how it works. Uh, but if they can get it up in, in a way that is really effective, I think that'll be a great thing for people who, who work in casualised jobs. But I think what's also happened through COVID is that there's been a real recognition of, of how difficult it is for a lot of people working multiple casual jobs um, to kind of make ends meet and how vulnerable they are to anything that, that kind of slams them sideways in their lives. So I actually think there'll be more appreciation of that, which hopefully will create better policy around anyone who's in that, that situation. Millions of dollars are said to be put into Victoria's mental health system. Do you think this will have a beneficial effect for young people? I think so, yes. It's, I mean, I, I think it's been a really interesting um, journey over the last couple of years with the Royal Commission on Mental Health in Victoria, and it has really highlighted what is working and what is really not working in the system and, and particularly what young people need out of the system. And, you know, 75% of um, mental ill health is diagnosed before the age of 25. So this is a space where, you know, young people have a lot more skin in the game than, than in others. And so I think that the reforms that are being recommended by the Royal Commission and that are being picked up and funded in this budget and, and the next one, uh, you know, there's a real appreciation for the need that uh, to focus on what young people really need out of a mental health system. Um, I do I do think there's going to be great um, work and, and sort of services and things coming out, not just this budget, but also the next one after we get the final report from the Royal Commission. This budget borrows big. Debt levels are predicted to reach 1584 billion dollars in the 2023-24 period. Will young people end up footing the bill for this? Yes, but I don't know that it's something to worry about. If you listen to all the economists, what they say is that firstly, interest rates are at a historic low right now. So if you're ever going to borrow money, now's the time to do it. And the, the general kind of accepted wisdom is that when you have an economic crisis like we've got right now, what you actually have to do is spend your way out of it. So you have to borrow money and you have to invest in stuff that is going to stimulate the economy, that's going to get people into jobs so that they've got money that they can go and spend that will actually um, then, you know, keep retail operating and tourism operating and um, all the different kind of aspects of the society that keeps the, 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 the economy kind of cycling. So the worst thing we could do right now is to pull right back and not spend any money on anything. It will put us on an upward upward path so that we will come out of this thing okay. That's my, that's my feeling. Thank you, Catherine Ellis, CEO of Youth Affairs Council Victoria, for speaking with us today. That was News Talks, our weekly commentary and analysis interview. To listen to this week's show again or to hear our previous News Talks, go to sin org.au forward slash show forward slash panorama or wherever you get your podcasts more stories to come but first here's a song here's noongar artist 
Dallas Woods with Heaven of My Own. <laughs> 